you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Peter Schrager Podcast. A little later in the week than usual, and there's a reason for that. I was traveling on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday to Los Angeles. I cannot share the reason why yet. Aaron, my producer, Aaron Wonkoffman, does that get you intrigued that I have to be top secret about this? Yeah, I don't, I mean... My eyes share. My eyes were as big as dinner plates. There, I mean, that was that's like the oldest person phrase I've ever used. I think just as old as as, uh, as, my eyes were as wide (laughs) as dinner plates. (laughs) Um, can't share. Is that some tease? Yeah. What? I'm speechless. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna wildly speculate. I'm gonna give you two things on this. Cannot share why. And here is things. Signed paperwork saying I cannot talk about what went down in Los Angeles. Number two, not NFL-related. Okay. What? Is your head going nuts? <laughs> uh, so... Are your eyes as wide as dinner plates? <laughs> they're, they're larger than serving bowls now. Not <laughs> NFL-related. Um... We don't need to guess. Let's yeah. just go. No. Okay, so I yep. get to L.A. on Sunday and – the reason I was flying out was because of something that was going on on Monday. And as I'm with my family and one of the last weekends we'll have together as a family unit before I start trekking off to Los Angeles every weekend for Fox, 
the people who were flying me in. So yes, someone else paid for this flight. So it is professional. Said, can you come in Saturday? Because the worst hurricane to hit Los Angeles in over a hundred years is coming. And we want to make sure your flight's not canceled. I rolled the dice. I said, nope. I'm getting my Saturday. I'm staying with my family. My son had baseball in the morning. Uh, then we uh, went to the driving range later. We had a great All-American Saturday. And I'm like, I'm doing it. I'll fly out Sunday morning. Fly out Sunday morning. Get on the plane. And you would think it's mass hysteria on this plane of all the LA people who are on this plane. Like, am I going to get home? Okay. And I'm not minimizing it because I was nervous too. I'm like, wait, we're flying through a hurricane. They're like, we're flying through a hurricane. Let's roll. Take off, we get in, and it's pouring rain. It's it, the rain is legit, but it, you know we live in New York. Here I am, my tough guy, New York bravado. I live in New York, like it wasn't that bad. Like it's a rainstorm. I turn on the local news, and uh, they've got all the local correspondents out there, and they're you know the biggest weather event. Da, 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 fine. As I'm sitting there poo pooing this hurricane, quote unquote, the entire hotel room just goes. <laughs> I'm like, what? I look to my left. I've got a little lamp on a nightstand. It shook. Uh, there's a pen on the nightstand. The pen fell off the nightstand. I'm like, holy crap. That was an earthquake. Aaron, I was in an earthquake. <laughs> Had you been in one before or is this your first earthquake? I've been in one before, but I didn't necessarily feel it. This one was legit. This one, and like, what's your first inclination? Like, what do you do if you're, so the first thing I do, if this tell, everyone tells you that Twitter's dead and Elon Musk is awful and all this stuff, ignore them. Because the very first thing I did in a natural uh, disaster was to run to my phone, click on Twitter, and sure enough, every single LA person on my Twitter feed was like, did anyone feel that? Did anyone feel that? It was a 5.1, which sounds legit. I'm not a Richter scale guy. I could tell you about the Wonderlick test. I don't know about the Richter scale test, but it was legit. And it was uh, a hurricane and an earthquake all at the same time. And the jokes were hilarious because, I, I mean, first of all, I thought it was kind of cool to be in an earthquake. It felt kind of crazy and you have no control. So it's like being on a roller coaster without knowing when it's going to end. It ended. I survived. It was all right. Um, but the jokes were like, this. this has like series finale vibes. That was one of the jokes. And I laughed. I'm like, like the end of the world vibes. That was it. The other one was, um, you know, there's a writer's strike when you're getting a hurricane and an earthquake in one episode. I'm like, yeah, um, it was nuts. Uh, so then it was raining throughout Sunday night, Monday, I do what I was there for whatever. And then I've got a flight, um, that's going to be, you know, either, a red eye or a Tuesday morning? And they asked me, like, what would you rather fly? I was like, I changed my plans. I'm like, I'll go Tuesday morning. I text uh, Cliff Kingsbury, who's the former coach of the Arizona Cardinals, who, uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know, is one of my good buds. And I'm like, dude, I'm in LA. He's now, it's funny, he's an offensive consultant for USC. So he's working with Caleb Williams, who's the Heisman Trophy winner. And he's working with the head coach, Lincoln Riley, who they have a 10-year friendship. And Cliff's whole deal is basically, I'm going to work with these players. I'm going to do everything I can to be the quarterback whisperer. He's not looking to be 
on the road in Tallahassee and recruiting for USC. So he's like the football coach when, from what I gather in college football, and we had Matt Rule on, we're going to have another coach on today. It's a lot more than just coaching football when you're the head coach. For Cliff, he's doing that. But I'm like, all right, I'm going out with Cliff. He's, he's out. He's living in LA. He lives in a sick pad. I went there. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. And then we're going out to go get dinner. And we go get dinner and we go locally to where he lives. He's living in downtown LA. And we go to a spot and we're having dinner. And sure enough, someone comes up and comes to the table. And I'm like, all right, yeah, they recognize Cliff. And Aaron, dude, is like, are you Schrager from the NFL Network? I'm like, yeah. He's like, would you get a selfie with me? I'm like, yeah. So I'm getting selfies taken in LA. Cliff is just watching. I think Cliff took the photo for him. <laughs> that was it. Um, Did he ask you for uh, his your fantasy advice and his uh, round Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I said, get out of here. Um, <laughs> the love was real. It felt great. Uh, went to the airport the next morning, flew back, and my family – they're not around. So my wife and my two kids, uh, we rented a, a spot in Long Island and they're, they're out there for the last week here. Okay. So then I'm home alone and Tuesday night, whatever, get home. No big deal. Actually watched a movie, watched the movie that Rogers recommended in our interview. I watched the prestige. I'd never seen it. Oh, Christopher Nolan. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Watched it and then watched the YouTube explainer afterwards to like put it all together, which was awesome. But that's not important. Wednesday, do good morning football. All this news comes out in the NFL on Wednesday. And uh, I think maybe I'll hit it up in a little bit. We'll get to it. But I want to get to this part. I'm going to take it easy Wednesday night. This happens. This is why I live in New York City and why every other city you might live in, if you're listening, is a second tier place to live and why I don't live in the suburbs. And every night I stare at my mortgage and I stare at the cost of, of everything in New York City. And I look outside my window and I see some unsavory things. I'm like, why do I do this? Why do I do this? Why do I do this? It's nights like this. Wednesday night, I got a text from a dude named Adam, who I'm not best buds with, but our kids were on the same flag football team together. And he knows I do this for a living. He's a diehard Vikings fan. Adam's cool. His kid, Jack, is a nice little wide receiver. Adam texts me out of the blue. Like, again, we've never hung out socially, but like we're on the sidelines together and he's cool. He's like, yo, I've got two great all access tickets to Dave Chappelle at the Garden if you want to go. And I'm like, oh my God, Chappelle at the Garden now. If you're not familiar, Chappelle's at the Garden for like a five-night stay. And Chappelle is uh, bringing on musical ass. Last night was his birthday show. And I'll get to who performed and all that in a second. And I'm like, I want to go to that. I am exhausted. I really want to go to that. I'm exhausted. Talk to my wife, Erica, and she's like, look, you got the season coming up. You've got travel like uh, like up to you. If you really need to go to Chappelle, you know it's going to go to one in the morning. Do you really need to do that? Do you want to do that? And I'm like, I kind of do. And then I'm like, all right, cooler heads prevail. I'm going to say no. Aaron, I don't go. Chappelle last night, John Stewart, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, The Roots, The Baby, Nas. De La Soul, Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster, Earthquake, one of the great comedians of all time, and I'm probably missing one other musical act. 
all performed. It went to 1 a.m. And I'll tell you this, I made the right decision. Oh. There's a second chapter to my night. Uh. I'm sitting on the couch. It's six o'clock. And my guy, Andy, reaches out to me. Who's Andy? Who are these people? Andy works for the Brooklyn Nets. Andy's kid is with my kid in basketball. And Andy texts me and says, hey, late notice, I know, but I've got a table at Lucali, which is the hottest spot in New York, a pizza place in Brooklyn that does pizza and calzones, but is like, you go there at three o'clock, there's a line a hundred deep. They only seat a few people. There's like four tables. I've been there twice in my life and I live in Brooklyn a block away. He's like, do you want to join my two friends and I, or, you know, do you want to come to Lucali? And now it's seven o'clock. I just said no to Chappelle. I've got the mesh shorts on. I got the t-shirt on. I'm all set to watch, you know, Wheel of Fortune. And then maybe, you know, just watch a rerun of like Big Bang Theory. I was set. I was feeling good about that situation. I got the invite to Lucali, Aaron. I'm like, all right, let's go. I meet him. We head over to Lucali. Line is 50 deep. He works for the Nets. We walk to the front. Naturally, there's a group in front who know him from the Brooklyn Nets. There's a couple people in their marketing department. We dap it up with them. It's great, whatever. Mark comes out, who runs Lucali, legendary guy. If you watch uh, Netflix, the David Chang series, where they go to the different like restaurants and what was it called? Do you even Salt, remember? Salt, fat, acid, heat, I think. Mm, might have been the one before that. He had a series before that, maybe. David Chang did where like they would go to different countries. Oh, like, um, Ugly Delicious? Yes. And it yeah. was like him and Aziz, right? They yeah. go to like another country with Mark from Lucali. Mark Lucali, if you don't know, Google it. It's, you know, Jay-Z's there all the time. Beyonce's there all the time. It's a spot in Brooklyn and the pizza is unreal. Like I would love to poo-poo it and say like the pizza's not good. Pizza's unreal. Calzones are insane. Have you been, Aaron? I have not, but I've, I mean, I've heard about it. Yeah. yeah. And like people, it's an Instagram thing. You line up a hundred deep and like they let in four people. But for whatever reason... Andy's got an extra. I think I'm a fill-in spot. I'm in. Andy and I don't hang. Like we're, we're very friendly through the kids, and he's got sports connections. But I'm like, hell yeah, I'll go out with you. We're having a blast. It's bring your own wine. We're kicking it. We got a great table. I walk in, and there's like a buzz in the air. There's a little buzz in the air. And I'm like, all right, what's going on here? Oh, at that table is is this rapper who was there. I don't even know who it was. Fine. Okay. That's in one corner. Now listen, there's only like four or five tables at that table. It's Jeffrey Katzenberg who used to, you know, run DreamWorks and now is on his own. But like Disney legend was a chairman of Disney for 30 years. He's got a table. He's entertaining people. I'm like, all right, this is a power room right now. U.S. Open's going on, and there's rumors that Federer was going to come through. I'm like, oh, if I met Fed, that would be great. That would be pretty cool. And all of a sudden, door swings open, shaggy-haired guy, New York Yankees hat, hugs Mark, the owner, goes up, daps up Katzenberg, looks me right in the eye, and the guy's like, oh, what's up, man? Hug him, and I'm like, what's up, dude? We exchange quick pleasantries. No names exchanged, so there's not 100% confidence that he knows who I was, but he definitely recognized me. Dap it up. 
talk. I'm like, oh, I heard you're new in the neighborhood. Oh, I just moved in. Love it here. It's unbelievable. It's great. British. Ed Sheeran. Awesome. Ed Sheeran, cool as hell. Talks to everyone in the restaurant, dabs it up, whatever. Sits right there, right next to us. We're talking throughout the dinner. Ed Sheeran is just in a... This is literally a week after Ed Sheeran did a show out in uh, Emma Gansett, New York, where Howard Stern was there, Jerry Seinfeld was there, Sir Paul McCartney was there, Billy Joel was there. And now Sheeran, we're just in the same dining room. And it was the night like this where I look over at Andy and I'm like, yeah, that's why we live in New York. This happened on a random Wednesday. And I was going to be sitting at my home watching Mad Men reruns or maybe watching Two and a Half Men or maybe watching uh, Suits for the 13th time on Netflix. Um, the pizza was great. The calzone was great. The company was great. We had a great time hanging. And uh, Eddie Sheeran was great. Aaron, your thoughts? I mean, my takeaway from this is I very quickly need to have children and get them on a sports team that has great dads who will invite right? me to other things. Yeah. Right? So we didn't do Chappelle. Um, but I did get to have one of the coolest dinners I've had in quite some time. And maybe the lead up to Ed Sheeran's not what the listeners want to hear. Maybe they're like, oh, I thought you were going to say Tom Brady or, oh, I thought you were going to say Elon Musk. Ed Sheeran, just cool. Like the man. He was great. That's awesome. Um, and that was fun. So that was, uh, the last few days I cannot share while I was in LA, but I can share this. I did. What do you got? Will you share it? Yes. Later? Okay. Yes, yes, cool. yes, yes. Cool. So we will find out at some point. Yes. In a few weeks, I will share. Amazing. Amazing. It's just cool. It's, it's, it's freaking cool. And that's all. Uh, real quick, some football thoughts before we get to our guest, because um, I think if you don't listen to every single podcast, you don't watch every single day, you might miss some of these in the cracks headlines, and I've got good insight on them. I'm sure you saw, uh, obviously, that Trey Lance has been named the number three in San Francisco. My takeaway on that was Darnold beat him out, right, for that job. And this is a Super Bowl contender. And John and Kyle, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, if they were in a different situation, maybe Trey Lance is given the second job because he was an over, number three overall pick and they traded a million first-round picks to get him. But this is like, no. Like, we're we're here for this team. And Brock Purdy, I could tell you, is far and away the number one. Like, performed better than them in camp. Everyone in the, the locker room believes it. So then it goes to who's the number two. Darnold outplayed Trey, and they're going with Darnold. Now remember, Darnold was another number three overall pick, so it's not like you're dealing with some great shame to lose out to him. Darnold signed a real contract this offseason, and Darnold's played in real NFL games. So it, it, the way they're running this offense with Purdy, it sounds like Kyle and the guys there in San Francisco were like, if if our guy goes down, who gives a better chance to win and who's in a better position for us to win? And the answer is with this current offense, the Purdy offense, Sam Darnold. So now you're wondering, well, what to make of Trey Lance? Trey Lance has already made close to, and that might be exaggerated. I got to get that exact. I think he's made close to $30 million already being a San Francisco 49er for three years. Um, Still has a pretty big contract because he was number three overall pick. It's not like a crazy contract before the CBA where the rookies made nuts money, but it's still a big contract. So it's not like you're just going to trade him for a fifth-round pick and that be done. The other team needs to want to take on that contract. Problem is, there's no evidence that Trey Lance is that guy. You would have to go back to your pre-draft notebooks. And I've talked to teams, talked to several teams over the last 48 hours, and I'm like, would you trade for Trey Lance? And it's like, I don't know what Trey Lance is. And if the Niners are deeming him 
third on the depth chart behind Sam Darnold, who we passed on signing. I don't know if I'm rushing to get Trey Lance. So he might end up getting traded for like a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick on a team that might want to take a waiver and the natural fit would be the Minnesota Vikings and that Kirk Cousins is in the final year of a contract and they don't have a true runaway number two that you're like slam dunk. That's their number two guy. Um, also Trey Lance is from Minnesota. Trey Lance was drafted by the 49ers and that front office contains, uh, contained at the time, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who put a lot of work in, who is now the Vikings GM. But I, I don't, I, you're not going to do it as a charity. Like they have to want him. So the Trey, the Trey Lance watch is really interesting. And I think my big takeaway on it is just how effed up the draft process is. Like I, they traded two future first round picks and moved up from number 12 to number three to get a player that is number three on their depth chart two years later. And because they've built such a good team around them, like no one's calling for John Lynch's head. No one's saying like this is the greatest draft miss of all time. It just is what it is. And Trey Lance is the number three. My other point is this. Zach Wilson was number two. So the Jets before them did the same exact thing and whiffed on a pick and it didn't work out right away and had to make a, a, a drastic move trading picks and giving a monster salary and trying to cover up that with a Band-Aid and getting Aaron Rodgers. For the number two and three overall picks to be Zach Wilson, whose image is going through a great rehab this, this summer in these Hard Knocks clips. They make him seem like he's Rodgers' little brother and like, oh, shucks, guess what? Zach Wilson's making something like, you know, it's second overall money. It's real money that they're paying him. Um, Zach went two, Trey Lance went three, and nobody would look at either of those teams, the Jets and 49ers, and look at their GMs and say, gosh, those guys messed up because both teams are in really good position right now. Real quick, some other housekeeping around the NFL. Josh Jacobs' name keeps popping up as far as trade rumors. I'm not sure if I see Josh Jacobs being traded. Jonathan Taylor's name keeps being brought up. Now, I don't know what Jonathan Taylor wants. Jonathan Taylor, from what I'm told, wants a new contract, and it might blow the contracts out of the water that we saw Dalvin Cook and Zekav and potentially Saquon blow with those guys out of the water what he wants. Um, but I would keep an eye on Miami. In the past, when Miami does these fishing around explorations, and whether it be Tyreek Hill or Bradley Chubb last year, sometimes there's more smoke than fire. It wasn't with Dalvin Cook. Um, it turned out Dalvin Cook was a free agent and signed with the Jets, and that's all good. Jonathan Taylor is a superstar. And if the Miami Dolphins add Jonathan Taylor to that offense that already has Tyreek and Waddle and what we'd hope to have a healthy Tua, that could be lethal. I would keep an eye on the Miami Dolphins. Um, as much as Jim Irsay says, like we're not looking to trade uh, Jonathan Taylor. He's at camp. He's there. He's just not playing. And he apparently wants to dig in with 10 toes down. Uh, lengthy monologue. We have an awesome guest. Uh, he's been a friend of mine for a real long time, and I'm so happy for his success. And his football program is on the rise. We're going to bring in Jed Fish to coach the Arizona Wildcats right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Our next guest is a longtime friend of mine and a longtime coach in the NFL who is now a uh, very established college football head coach, and his program is on the rise. I'm so happy he's joining the podcast, especially right now where the college football season is just kicking off. Jed Fish, welcome to the Peter Schrager, the season with Peter Schrager podcast. I love it. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to see you and great to be a part of this. Yeah, you and I, I was thinking, I was last night I was preparing for this, and I'm like, when did I first meet you? It was actually at the Senior Bowl, and I think like 2013, you were the OC for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and in a sea of coaches who do not give a about me you were like what's up man what's up like what do you want to talk about let's talk let's go through the list like whatever and you were cool to me then and we've been friends ever since and uh now i see you as the coach of arizona and this hot program that everyone's talking about and just straight up from the top couldn't be happier for you man well i appreciate that man and i remember i remember i think our friend tony sorrentino was the one that introduced us and you know his dad was my high school coach and i brought him to about three different places throughout uh my spots 
and uh, he's doing great now at the Vikings, but it was great to meet you then. And uh, obviously we've had so many opportunities to be together throughout the year. So it's been great. Yeah. So if the listeners are like, I know that name and I remember him on this team or that team, I thought this would be a cool exercise because we always talk about the life of a coach and what that means. And some coaches are fortunate to be in the same place for 20 years and that's it. And other coaches are going up the ladder and constantly you know, being forced to uproot their families, but also tackle new opportunities. I think your coaching resume might be the most fascinating coaching resume in the history of the sport, Jed. And I say that because you're my friend and I know when you're like, I'm actually getting an opportunity here or here. And I'm like, God, add that to the list. Can you, for the listeners, take us through your resume, starting with your first gig out of college when you went to the University of Florida? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly unique. I don't know how much time we have, but I know the biggest thing uh, for me is every decision that I made in, in coaching was, uh, I didn't believe I was just a teacher, but I believe I was also a student um, throughout my all of my decisions. So, you know, I got to the University of Florida and I went there to learn how to coach football. That was the only reason why I chose Florida. Uh, Steve Spurrier was the head coach. He was the best, in my opinion, and probably there wasn't really an opinion at that point in the 90s. Uh, that he was the best college coach in the country. And um, I said, I'm going to figure out a way to get working for him. And whatever it took, it took everything in my power from notes on his car door to um, trying to become an equipment manager and everything in between to finally be allowed in the building and became a GA at Florida. And I uh, was a GA at Florida in 0, uh, 99 through 01. And, okay. um, and then after that, Dom Capers was at Jacksonville. And Dom Capers became the head coach of the Houston Texans, and they started a franchise. And he called Coach Spurrier, and he said, hey, I need a GA, um, someone that I could pay 25 grand to, make him a quality control coach who wants to learn how to build a program from scratch. And um, somehow, some way, maybe the other 10 guys Coach Spurrier recommended didn't want to take it, but uh, <laughs> I got it. Uh, I interviewed for the job. I got the job and spent three years with Coach Capers in Houston. And okay. uh, first year, no team. It was just Dom Capers, Chris. Now Palmer. that's cool. So you had the you had the franchise, but we still have another year to playing games. It was unbelievable. It was that's unbelievable. the coolest thing. So you're truly building an expansion franchise. I got there in April. We had eight months. We had no staff members other than Dom Capers, Chris Palmer, and myself, mm -hmm. and Charlie Cashley, the GM. And uh, I spent every Sunday in Don Caper's couch at his house watching all the pro football games. I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't get better. So the year comes to an end, and he says, well, what side of the ball do you want to be on, offense or defense? And I said, Coach, I'm 24 years old. You tell me, what side of the ball should I be on right now? He said, where do you want to finish your career? I said, well, I want to be a head coach and offensive coordinator. He said, okay, I'm going to put you on defense. Yes, let's learn that first. Let's yes. learn that first. So Vic Fangio was the defensive wow. coordinator. And I spent two years as his defensive quality control coach, learning it from the studs, truly building yeah. it. And then after three years, uh, Brian Billick called from Baltimore Ravens, and David Shaw was on that staff, and they wanted to hire him. You know, already coach. these names. You're, you're mentioning Brian Billick, Super Bowl winning coach, David Shaw, one of the best college coaches the last 20 years, Dom Capers, basically the godfather of the 3-4 defense. I mean, you're just naming names, and we're just getting started. All right, keep yeah, going. It's, it's just wild, you know, and Vic was just, you know, we all know Vic. Like, he's the talk of the town still, you know. Yeah. And um, so I'm with Coach Billick, and – um, so I take the job and I tell coach Capers, you know, it's time to get on offense. This is a chance to get on offense and, um, spent four years with the Ravens. 
And I really thought, you know, you mentioned those like coaches that have those long tenures. I mean, I was 27, something like that, yeah. 28 at that time. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Four years, five years, oh, you know, we're winning. We're 13 and three. Now I'm the quarterback coach, coaching Steve McNair. You know, this is like, this was gold. This was gold. And um, we go 13 and three in 06. We lose to the Colts mm-hmm. in a playoff game, 15 to six. We throw five interceptions. We don't have a good game. And the next year, we have injury after injury from Todd Heath to McNair to Jamal to whatever, and we get let go at the end of the year. Mm. And um, I was in shock, and I didn't know anything about it. And uh, Mike Shanahan called. And Mike <laughs> Shanahan was, the, yeah, as we all know, the head coach of the Broncos and um, offered me the wide receiver coach. So I go to Denver. So now I pick up the family. We go to Denver. But again, it's like I'm going to work for Mike Shanahan. I'll be here for the next decade. I got to do this. I got to do it. And he's the most stable coach in coaching at that time, right? Brian got fired after 10 years. Now it's Mike. So I go there, and it's like, this is going to be great. And I have Brandon Marshall. Yep. We draft Eddie Eddie Royal. We draft Eddie Royal. Loved Eddie Royal. Oh, God. Brandon Stokely was our slot. And Daryl Jackson, who I was with at Florida, was our fourth. Sure. So I'm like this from is. Seattle, sure. And Cutler. Then we had Cutler, right? Okay. So we go to Denver and we have the number one offense at the NFL. We go eight and five through game 13. And then we need to win one or someone needs to lose one and we're in the playoffs. We lose all three. Uh, and fluke, you know, miss a field goal. I remember the, I remember the New Year's Eve game. I remember they missed a field goal at the end. Yeah, I know. It was crazy, man. So Next thing you know, I'm like, all right, well, whatever it is, Zayn Nate, we'll got to get better next year. And they make a coaching change in Denver for the first time in what 17 years? I forget. And I'm like, this is the great one. Of, this is one of the iconic coaches in this profession. And as we especially learned, synonymous with Denver too, like you figure he's the Supreme Court justice. He decides when he wants to yeah. leave. Yeah. And as you and I've learned, look at his tree, right? I mean, who do you talk to all the time, right? From Sean to Kyle to Matt to mm-hmm. you name them, right? They all went through it. So, but anyway, it winds up opening up. And at that time, I'm like, okay, well, now you got to figure out what you're going to do next. And um, I got a call to be the offensive coordinator at the University of Minnesota. And I'm like, all right, well, I've done, I've paid my dues. I'm now a Big Ten offensive coordinator. I'm only 29 or 30 at that 30. Yeah. I'm like, I got to take it. So I go to Minnesota, Coach Eric Decker, Coach Adam Weber, uh, get to yeah. a bowl game. And I'm like, all right, this is sweet. This was fun. I loved it. Amber loved it. And uh, my phone rings, and it's Pete Carroll. <laughs> and I love this. Pete's like, hey, Jed, Pete Carroll here. I'm like, you know, checking my phone. I'm like, yeah. let me see this one more time, you know. And he goes, I just took the job because he was at USC, you know, forever, yeah. as you know. And he was never leaving, and he was in his. And he goes, "I just took the job with the Seattle Seahawks. I want you to come here as a quarterback coach." And I'm like, "All right." Well, I got home. I called Amber. I said, "I know I told you we weren't moving, yeah. and everything's good because it's been like move, move now, right?" I'm like, "But like Mount Rushmore just called, you know?" Seriously, <laughs> I said, "The guy." I go, "We just left Mike a year ago, Coach Shanahan, and now the next face on the Mount Rushmore just called." And he wants us to go to Seattle with him in year one. You know, babe, this is one of those great opportunities, year one with the best. So I go. So we go, and um, we have that year that we go seven and nine, but go to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, you're the, the beast, the beast quake. The beast quake yeah. game. 
and yeah. beat the Saints, who won the Super Bowl the year before, and um, Hasselbeck threw like six tugs in that game or five. He was yep. playing up. It was well, a one of those to Brandon Stokely, your guy. Yeah, I remember. You know, and I'm coaching the quarterbacks, and Matt's <laughs> amazing. And we brought Stokely. We brought. You tried to bring Brandon, and he went to Chicago. But anyway, so go there, and um, at the end of the season, they let go of Jeremy Bates. And Jeremy Bates was like my best friend in this profession. And he was the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator. He was with me in Denver and now Seattle. And when Pete spoke to me, he's like, you know, do you want to be the offensive And I said, I can't do that. I said, I don't feel comfortable with that. I said, um, Jeremy's my guy. And I really don't want to stay and work for somebody else when I know I probably could have been it. But I didn't want to, you know, take the job. I get it. It was a weird dynamic because I loved it. I loved Pete. And I and he said, well, let me give you – he goes, if that's the case, you know, my son just went to the University of Miami as a tight end coach. They need an offensive coordinator. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, whoa, the you? I'm a Jersey guy, you know? Like, I grew up there's in a Jersey. Lot of, there's a lot of prestige with that logo in Jersey. You know, you, you know that. My brother went to University of Miami – at back, you know, back in the day during the 30 for 30. And like immediately my brain went 30 for 30. And yep. immediately my brain went like Dennis Erickson, Jimmy Johnson. Heisman We're wearing trophies. the commando outfits off the plane, taking on Penn State. I know. I mean, yeah. I was ready to go camo on the plane, bro. Like I was so <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to do it. I don't want to take my best friend. I don't want my best friend's job. I get it. That's cool. And it was weird. But I took it. I went to University of Miami and loved it, man. Loved it. And we got good on offense. And we were Who was the head coach? Al Golden in his first year. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So From we Temple. had Philip Dorsett, Travis Benjamin, Lamar Miller, Mike James, DeCorey Harris. I mean, it was a blast, right? College football, iconic names of, of, you know, athletes. Sean Spence. So we go there, spend two years there. And um, going into our third year, Gus Bradley, who I coached with in Seattle, becomes the head coach sure. of Jacksonville. And, you know, phone rings. You know, phone rings. And it's like, Jed, you know, I want you to be the offensive coordinator here. I just got the job. You know, Michaela just called Amber. We can all do this together. It would be amazing. Defensive head coach. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is what you work for, right? Go be an NFL offensive coordinator. I go there, and we just weren't very good. You know, just the bottom line is, for whatever reason, it didn't click. We weren't as good as I wanted us to be. We weren't as good as anyone wanted anyone to be. Uh, whether it be we didn't have the players, the coaching, whatever it might be, I didn't do a good enough job. And after two years, the humble pill hit. And, you know, and for the first time, I was fired, right? Like yeah. other times yeah. I've had to deal with maybe a coach. The head coach, yeah. Yep. But, you know, I got called in and Gus was like, hey, we got to make a change. And, you know, and I said, I get it. You know, we're playing with a rookie quarterback and rookie receivers, but that's, you know, that's excuses. So I had a, you know, for the real, that was really the first time that it was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, that's it. Um, I was, what was I, 14, 30? I was 40, exactly 40. Okay. And um, now you're like, oh my God, what happens? So there what was, do I do? Luckily, yeah. there was people that called and asked if I was interested in quarterback jobs around the league. And then uh, the phone rang, and it was Jim Harbaugh. Yes. And he just left the Niners to go to Michigan. And that was another double check. You know, it's like I've never met Jim Harbaugh in my life. Never. Is that right? Never knew who he was. Yeah, and it's like you were working for Billick, not John. So yeah. it's not like you have this like, I yeah, know okay. But the tie-in was Vic Fangio. 
So Got Beck, it. who worked with him at San Francisco, San for Fran, sure. said, he's like, hey, I need a guy that's going to coach my quarterbacks, receivers, and run my passing game. So Vic's like, I got the guy. So um, Jim called, said, how would you have interest in coming to Michigan? I said, when's the flight? Yeah, let's go. I go, it's Michigan, man. You know, like there's certain jobs, there's certain people. <laughs> I get it. So um, flew to Michigan, took the job on the phone. Didn't have to. I, he goes, do you want to see it around? I go, no, what am I going to see? A college town? Yeah, I've, I've, like, I've seen the big house on TV my entire life. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I've been to the game when Cordell yeah. Stewart threw the Hail Mary. I was yeah. at the game. At, at, you were in Boulder? Or no, that was it was in, the, in yeah, Ann Harbor. It, was in, it wasn't in I go, Harbor. when, yeah. they, when the 110,000 people went quiet. I was there, so I know yeah. what it's like. Um, <laughs> took the job there, went there for two years, worked for Jim. We had two great years and uh, number two in the country. But it was a split job. It was you, I ran the pass game. The O line coach ran the run game. You know the yeah. play calling. And Jim Mora called at UCLA and he's like, "Hey, I have Josh Rosen. I want someone to coach him." That is love because like I'm picturing I'm picturing the Wikipedia page, which I don't have up or anything. It's just like program. It's like all right, Miami. Jacksonville, Michigan, now UCLA. Like these are not like we're, we're not going to Eastern Illinois no. and nothing against Eastern Illinois, but like this this is major programs. Yeah, and that's how I looked. I'm like, this is a Pac-12 coordinator job. I'm going to do it. Jim Mora was an NFL coach of the year. I've always looked at who I'm working for. Go there. Um, we go six and zero at home. We go zero and six on the road. Um, <laughs> go to a bowl game. I was the interim head coach the last two games of the year. They let Jim go week eleven. So, you know, looking back on it, I left stability for what I didn't realize yeah. was instability. We were number three in the country in offense. We did a lot of good things, but we couldn't get it. We didn't win enough games. And um, they let Jim go, and they hired Chip. And Chip didn't want to keep me. You know, we yeah, he's no got reason his own offense. Chip yeah. to keep me, you know. Chip's a beautiful mind on offense himself. He doesn't need your – yeah. Yeah, so there's no reason for him to keep me. And um, a lot of people in the college – I had a lot of great opportunities. Yeah, But I was like, I can't do this in a family. I mean, I can't move back to the SEC right now. Like, mm-hmm. there was great jobs that were offered. And I took a risk. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not picking my family up and moving them from Manhattan Beach again. I have another year on my contract. I'll see what it looks like. I go, I'm going to call you and I's mutual friend. Yeah. And I'm going to give Sean a call. He just got to the Rams. He was there one year. And I was going to see what, he, what his interest was in me coming on board. And he said, give me 24 hours. And he calls me back at two o'clock the next day and um, offers me a job to come there. And um, we went to the Super Bowl. It's amazing. It was amazing. Spent two years with Sean. Um, absolutely, you know, helped him in every way I, he would allow me to help him. I always tell yep. the story, and you and I know Sean as good as anybody. Right? Tell it. I agree. I want to hear. Like, I drove in every single – now, you think of this, right? Like, I feel like I had a pretty good career up until that point. Like, I've had yeah. – you know, I was successful. I've been on good programs, worked for good coaches. Uh, Sean was, I guess, 32 maybe as a time, 33, 32. And, Got um, there when he was 30. So, yeah, he's probably 30. He went to the Super Bowl at 33. So, yeah. Okay. So, so okay, the first Super Bowl was – because I went with – he won it at 33, right? Or he won – uh, you're right. So this is, he was probably 32 yeah. when you were with him. Because it was yeah. our first okay. year. It was after yeah, his first was year. In Atlanta, that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that Super Bowl, right? So I'm there after what? And I'm driving in every single day, scared to death about letting Sean down. You yeah. know, I'm just like, this guy, he works so hard and he's so driven 
and he's so smart that, yeah, I've worked for some great coaches and in great programs, but I left my house in Miami. I had to drive 53 miles every day to go to Thousand Dang. Oaks. Dang. And, and I was like, for two years, I was like, all I want to do is make sure at the end of the day, Sean goes home and goes, yeah, Jed did a good job today. And that's what, that's the magic of Sean. Yeah. The magic of Sean. My office is, my office was sandwiched between Shane Waldron and Zach Taylor. Yep. Okay. Liam was next to Zach. Yep. Liam Cohen. Wayne Phillips was in, uh, across from me. So you're thinking like, this is a great staff, but a great group of people, <laughs> you know, great people. And um, I don't know. I just, that's the Sean magic. Everyone wants to know. Well, what was the goal? It was, you wanted to beat him to work every day? Like, did you want to be in that parking lot before him? No, or did you want to stay later? No, it was just, I just I'm driving want, these 53 miles. I want to make sure this guy knows that I'm doing my job. I just want him to know that no matter what, how indebted I was to him for keeping me, not moving my family, giving me an opportunity. And with it, like everyone wants to know, and he has this magic about him. Everyone thinks it's his play calling. He's a good play. He's a great play caller, or, you know, his football mind. He's got a great football mind. But what his magic is, how hard people want to work for him and how hard players want to play for him. And that, that's, I, unfortunately, I think that's the missing link a little bit when people talk about Sean, you know, oh, he's such a great play caller. Oh, he's got such a great memory. Yeah, that's fine. It's the other part that makes him elite. And when I was working for him, that's how I felt. And so I was, I just dove into the offense, learned the offense. Obviously I was from the Shanahan tree. So I knew a lot of it to begin with. And then we put a lot of stuff together and we talked a lot about what I've done. And it was great. Spent two years there. Season came to the end in 2019. We didn't have as good of a year. Went nine and seven and Super Bowl, the nine and seven. And we're sitting we're on vacation and Bill Belichick calls. I love this phone. This is like, you're like the, I, this is not insulting. You're like the Forrest freaking Gump of coaching when you get these calls. Like, and here's this world luminary just in my life. It's amazing. Belichick calls out of the blue. Yeah. And I've known coach for a very long time. Um, we talked a lot throughout the decade that I, that I knew him. I met him at Miami when I was coaching at the university of Miami and he calls and he says, you know, do you want to come here and be the quarterback coach and a lot of other opportunities in the future that uh, could present. And, um, you know, you finished the Rushmore. There's your yeah. head on the Mount Rushmore, right? And, you know, the thing that always upsets me is when people are like, your job, you know, hopping. I'm like, no, I'm learning hopping. I don't know what that That's is. Great. But like, you know. Yeah, I, no, I get it. You're soaking up the best of all of these amazing coaches. Who else has that in their back pocket? And what else, you know, so you turn it down. You turn it down and then you're like, wait a second, man, it would have been cool to one day work for him. Well, I had the chance to work for him. So why would you ever turn it down? And, you, you know, it's tough on your family. It's tough on my kids. It's not like I'm this, you know, single guy that runs around the country, right? It's, yeah. I got, a, um, at this point in time, a sixth grader, ninth grader, a college graduate. You know, it's like they're moving t- with us. And Amber's, you know, the best coach's wife in the world. And she's Truly. like, yeah, it's Coach Belichick, you know. Like, what are you going to do? Say no. I mean, the guy's won. The guy's been in 10 Super Bowls. and won eight. So we go there and – um I'm like, this is it. This is like my, I'm definitely not going anywhere. We're putting the bags away. Let's throw the suitcases away. We're staying. Build a swimming pool. You know, (laughs) we're home. (laughs) Whatever you want to do, you got it. You know, we are here and we're staying here and COVID hits and all this other stuff. But whatever. We're like, it's okay. We're home. You know, three hours from home. We're in Boston. Boston, you know, you know. 
get to Nantucket, get to the Hamptons, get to vacation mm-hmm. spots, you know, <laughs> run into you on vacation, all the good stuff, go to New York City. And um, week 14, University of Arizona calls. Mm. Not even the rest of this, not even through the season. So at this point, you have never been a head coach at college or the NFL. You're in your early 40s and a major program calls. What, what is that phone call like? Yeah, so it was, um, you know, I interviewed for this job in 2017. I've interviewed for a couple, the, the Arizona job. They hired Kevin Sumlin. But I knew, you know, there was always going to be a chance to come back around. And um, the phone rings and you're like, that one was more like, are you interested in this job? Versus me saying, I would love this job. You know, like, I want that job. I want that job. It was, no, we're coming after you. We're courting you a little bit. And yeah. for this one, for this situation, because they were coming off a 70 to 7 loss mm. against Arizona. To who? Arizona State. Yeah. Okay. So you lose to your rival by nine touchdowns at home. And they make a coaching change. And I was like, oh, boy, this is a lot of work, you know. And I'm sitting here in, I don't want to say with the golden ticket, but, like, you go McVay, Belichick, you just, you ride that bad boy out, right, until some owner wants to say, this is the type of guy that I want to hire, right? And it's not like it was hard to get people who want to hire offensive coaches from the McVay tree. But it's not no, like it's you're right. <laughs> assistant coaches hired from the Belichick tree. You're right. Those are like the only trees that get drunk. So like you're you're sitting, right. Okay. You know, with the forest, the, the, the kings of <laughs> the tree kings. And um, I'm like, well, that's not what I do it for. I don't do it. I don't take a job to get a job. Mm-hmm. I'm in a job and I got a job. So like that didn't make like it wasn't. So I'm like, I'm taking this job and I'm going to go be the head coach at Arizona. And we're going to turn this thing around. And I'm going to live in the sunshine and coach every day with a smile and build this thing from scratch. So I got here. And let me tell you this one quick story about Coach Belichick. So I walk into his office at 830 at night. And I said, I was just offered the U of A job. You know, I had had a Zoom interview, got the job the next day. They offered me the job. I go, I just thought. And he's like, and I told him I was having the Zoom interview, of course. And he's like, that's great. What did you decide to do? And I said, I'm going to take the job. He goes, great. Takes his phone out. He goes, let's call Brewski. Um, yes. Let him know. And then let's call Rob. Let him know. Yep. And then why don't you go back to your office, take a deep breath, figure it out. And then tomorrow morning, why don't we meet? And why don't we talk about what it's like to be a head coach? Dude, I love this. So instead of Belichick being territorial or saying, okay, give me your playbook and get out, let's get – Teddy Bruschi, maybe the Desert Storm greatest defender or Desert Swarm at the time, greatest defender in Arizona history. And let me call Gronkowski and let's give you those contacts and let's get you going because you're going to need those guys on this ride. Yeah, and you're going to need them for, to support you. And I'm going to give you the blessing. I'm going to add to support you. And it was – That is cool, Jed. That is a so cool, cool story. It was, it was like – it was one of those moments. And then I walk in the next morning. And you never know, right, how anyone handles th- those type things. I spent three, four days at the office. I did my press conference in the conference room across from Bill's office. I mean, he was amazing. And he sat there and we went through. And he's still amazing. He checks it out. He's been to campus four times already. He brought his team here for a week before they played the Raiders. Uh, he came out here this spring to meet with my team and watch his practice and spend the day with. I mean, but anyway, that the point is that that moment, those 24 hours of like, hey, let's talk about the training room. Let's talk about the weight room. Let's talk about staffing. So roster management, you know, he gave you, he opened up his book to you and that was so cool. And now we're in year three. We got a good team. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm waking up every morning with that same smile, bro. So I'm sorry for I that love long it. story, but that is Jed, real. I asked for it. That's what I want. This is the season with Peter Schrager, and there's nothing that encapsulates you know, two, two journeys more than a coach who says, oh, well, I've just been with this team for 20 years, and here's what I've been through. And then you who says, here's my you know, f- proverbial man walking in the desert and going spot to spot to spot to finally finding that home in the desert. And Arizona's a hot team. Like everywhere I go, people are talking about – Arizona football, and it's not just this regional thing anymore. I feel like you guys have talent from all over the country. Give us a quick snapshot for a lot of NFL listeners about to get going with the college football season, what they can expect from the Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, I think what's been super cool about our program, I had Steve Kime talk to our guys yesterday. And so Steve was in the building. and I got the selfie. He sent me that. I said, that's, that's my guy. Having yeah. him on tomorrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, what I've told our guys is this is the first time that you could actually take us to think of, look in the mirror and say, we got some NFL players on this team. And wow. that's the super cool part of it. Um, I think our left tackle, who came back from an ACL, is going to be a first-round pick. A left What's tackle, his name? Jordan Morgan. Um, okay, I'm writing it, that down. He's, uh, it, you know, every NFL guy has been through. He came back for his last year, which is an amazing deal for us. Jacob Cowling um, has had 2,000-yard receiving yards in a row. Mm. So he's going into his third. He's on the Blitnikoff watch list. He had 85 catches for 1,100 yards last year. He came back rather than go early, go in the draft. And instead of be a fourth-round pick, try to be a second-round pick. Mike Wiley, our running back, uh, I think is a fantastic player. He's climbing the charts everywhere. Um, and Tanner McLaughlin, our tight end. And uh, another guy that's climbing all those charts in the NFL. I think we have a chance to get four guys drafted in this class, uh, if not maybe five. And then – uh. You know, it all starts with our quarterback. Let's talk about him because I, I've, I, I was with Kingsbury on Monday night. This is probably territorial for you. You're like, wait, that's a USC coach. And he was raving about this Caleb Williams. And I'm like, what about the Arizona quarterback? And Cliff's like, oh, no, that guy's good too. So tell us about the Arizona quarterback, his name, yeah, and the so whole story. Jaden Delora. So I got Jaden Delora in the transfer portal. He was the Pac-12 freshman of the year a year ago, two years ago now. And I uh, was at Washington State, went into the transfer portal, Came here on his way to a bunch of other spots, and we, you know, I always say we just kidnapped him, kept him, and didn't leave. <laughs> um, he was uh, undefeated in high school, played at St. Louis High School, same high school as Tua and Mariota. Yep. Um, was, uh, you know, undefeated, you know, was the Gatorade Player of the Year, you know, was the all poly bowl MVP, and uh, went to Washington State with Rolovich. That whole thing happened, went in the portal, came here. Last year, our offense went from 121st to first in explosive plays. Damn. Damn. In explosive plays, which is what, 30 yards or more? No, it's uh, 18 yards or more. 18 yards or more. We went from 121 to 1. And in total offense, or in passing offense, we went from 119 to 6th in his first year. Yes. Okay. And uh, in total offense, we went from 122 to 20. So he's back. He's got two years left, this year plus one. Who knows what that'll look like? I think this kid is special. Uh, I've been around a lot of quarterbacks. He has completely changed his life, um, the way he's focused, the way he's preparing, what he believes in, uh, trying to do things right all the time. But um, he's also got this gift of instincts that I rarely have been around. And I've been around really good quarterbacks and coached really, really good quarterbacks. But this guy's got like that. You know, he's got two eyes in the back of his head and he just sees things and gets to things. And there's sometimes it's like, I always look at something. I'm like four times a game, like anything can happen. I mean, it's like guys wide open over here 
And he's like, whoa, and turns and runs this way and hits the touchdown pass over here. And I said, how did you – never mind. Anything can happen. Yeah. So we got yeah. to cut down the interceptions. We got to continue to uh, build on his, let's call it, you know, uh, rhythm and timing and decision making. And if we can do that, this kid is going to be the best quarterback in the nation. I don't know if it's this year or next. I love this. But I'm telling you, this kid is going to be the best quarterback in the nation. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of it like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, give me a couple quick things here. When you have this NFL background, this pedigree, you mentioned that Belichick's been there. 
I would think that one of the allures or one of the cool things for playing for Arizona is that you're going to get a touch of the NFL too. These guys are going to get back in there. Who have you had visit campus and who have you had speak with the team? You mentioned Steve Kime and Belichick so far. Yeah, well, we've had, so we do something called We Educate Wednesday and every Wednesday during the year, we bring a different speaker in to talk to our program. You know, sometimes it works out on a Wednesday, sometimes it doesn't. But on campus, Pete Carroll's been on campus three times talking to our team. Sean McVay's been on campus talking to our team, was the keynote speaker at our clinic. Brian Billick was the keynote speaker of our clinic one year. Zach Taylor has been on campus, spoke at our clinic um, after this past year. And Zach obviously spoke to our quarterback, spent time with all of our players. He was amazing. Mike Smith from the Falcons has been here. Howie Roseman has been here. Coach Belichick's been here a couple of times. Uh, Mike Lombardi has been here, I think, four different times. Wow, uh, okay. And, you know, and there, there's probably more that I haven't even thought of. That what I about some of the players? You mentioned Gronk got, and Brewski. Cam Jordan has spoken. Cam Jordan came to town um, from Chandler, Arizona. But uh, yep. Doug Hendrickson brought him in town. And, sure, uh, Cam's agent. You know, he, was an am- he had an amazing message. Matthew Slater spoke to our team um, talking about the just – character, special teams, work ethic, doing things right. We had Cam Newton talk to our team, Um, you know, former players, former coaches, current coaches. Uh, We tried to – Mike Tannenbaum has talked to our team. Yeah. So what we've tried to do is bring in guys that can share the message and reiterate the message of, hey, it's everything you do. It's everything you do. If you want to – the NFL is a game of attrition. They wait for you to screw up in college so they don't have to draft you. Yep. You know, that's what I tell these guys all the time. What a, what a true fact, too. I mean, just doing the draft stuff every year. It's just, all right, before we even talk about heights and weights, do we have a red flag on them or not? Yeah, they just wait for a screw up, right? Oh, he's not a hard worker. Okay, no problem. Oh, he's not good in the weight room. Okay, no problem. He doesn't love football. Okay, no problem. Right? Because otherwise you'd have to evaluate a 1,000 players and no one has time to do that. So when I talk to these guys, I go, guys, I've been in the draft room for 13 years at every role from a nobody to a moderate somebody, right, in that draft room that you had either no opinion or you had a big opinion, right? You're an offensive coordinator. You got a lot of opinion. So it's like from that area, I can just tell you what they look for. And we try to reiterate it constantly, you know, with different speakers. And, you know, when you have Coach Carroll, Coach Belichick, you know, Coach McVay, Coach Taylor talking to your guys. They're, they're saying, this is what we're looking for. It's like, guys, it's not that hard. Be a great teammate. Mm. Do things right off the field. You know, they're going to – these scouts want to know, are you the last guy off the field or not? You know, they want to know this. And so when you're the first guy off the field, you've eliminated yourself, no problem. They'll go to the next guy. Um, and they think talent overrides it. Talent's irrelevant. Everybody has talent. It's what you do. It. Steve Kime said it beautifully yesterday. He said, you don't miss on players, you miss on people. Mm. And I thought that was so good. So good. So that's what we do. That's how we recruit. Josh McDaniels will be here at next year's clinic. We'll get him down here. We'll get, you know, Vic's been here. Chris Furster's been here. Um, You know, you start thinking about some of the guys that have been through. Vic's been at a practice every single year. Chris has been here at least three times. He went to, you know, he's from Tucson. Yeah. Um, Another Shanahan disciple, probably the best offensive line coach in the NFL still doing it dominant. So, I mean, it's been awesome, Peter, you know, just to have these guys here and just continue to build this program up. 
Let me let me do it because you've been so gracious with your time. I'm loving this. I could do this honestly for three hours. Let me give you a couple questions here. Um, first one, you you get to Arizona and you've got these teams, USC, obviously Utah is now a power. When you're recruiting, take a moment, look into the Zoom camera, give me the 30-second elevator pitch on why I would go to the University of Arizona over some of those other Pac-12 teams. Yeah, I would say real simple that you have a chance here that you don't have other places to learn, um, A, learn what it's like to be an NFL player, be treated like an NFL player, be coached by guys that have been in the NFL from Chuck Cecil to Ricky Hundley, guys that, you know, have been a coach in the NFL, Brennan Carroll, myself, Scotty Graham. Um, you have an opportunity here to truly showcase your skills in a small town. We are a college town. You're not fighting for billboards. You're not fighting for, it's not going to be either Matthew Stafford or Jaden Delora on the billboard. It's going to be Jaden Delora. And you have a chance, I believe, with our connections and with our ties to always be on everybody's map. And then it's a matter of, do you want to be the guy that turned around a program or do you want a guy to be a guy that's plug and play that no one's even going to know? You know, you're just another guy at the great programs to get another win. And that to us is the biggest key. Love it. Uh, quick questions, rapid fire about some of the people you've worked with and give me your best stories. You were, tell me if this is true. This might be a myth or a legend or it's been exaggerated. Were you college roommates with Howie Roseman at Florida or just buddies with, with Howie? College roommates. This is insane. So you college roommates, kid from New Jersey and Howie's from New Jersey also. Neither one of you played football. And one of them is the reigning executive of the year. And the other one is the head coach in Arizona with these amazing, I mean, Take us into that dorm room. What is that dorm room like with Howie Roseman and, and Gainesville, Florida in the late 90s? So we so we were – he's one year older than I am. So he was uh, uh, class of – he, he started in 93. I started in 94. We pledged the same fraternity. Okay? <laughs> Didn't know each other. You know, it's not like I knew Howie at all. He was from about an – I mean, Alpin, about 45. He's from Marlboro. Yeah, Jerry, yeah Central. Yeah. So, you know, so we pledged a fraternity. And then at the end of my freshman year, I needed a roommate – uh, or I wanted a roommate to move out of the dorms into an apartment my sophomore year. And Howie's roommate, who was, was going abroad, going to study abroad. So he's like, so they're like, yeah, there's a room in Oxford Manor X112. So I'm like, all right. So I move in, and he was a fraternity brother, and we became friends and better friends. And now we're roommates for a year. And we're living together. And it, it started in the spring. So the story really, my, my favorite story in this whole thing is, because I was a, you know, my freshman year, and he was a sophomore, so life didn't really happen at that point. It's yeah. draft day morning. It's draft day morning. What year? 94? 1995. Okay. Spring of 95. When was Kyle Brady drafted? That's what I need to know. Kyle Brady was the 11th overall pick in the 95 draft to the New York Jets, and that was the Warren Sapp draft. Go. There you go. So it's 1995. It's whatever time it is, probably 11 a.m. And my room was on the bottom. I was on the bottom floor. Howie was above. Okay. And the st he starts walking down the stairs and it's whatever. You know, it's a Saturday morning in college, <laughs> you're, right? So, you're, and you're not, you're not, you're not graduates yet. You're sophomores. In <laughs> I'm probably in mesh shorts that says Gators. And I'm in some <laughs> fraternity t-shirt that says like Tep Margaritaville. Okay. <laughs> And I'm on the couch and, like, kind of lying down. And Howie walks down, briefcase in hand, folder in hand, ready to go. And I'm like. Briefcase in folder I'm to like, watch you, the NFL draft. I go, what are you doing, man? 
you know, probably like, what are you doing, man? He goes, it's draft day. I go, yeah, I know. Kuiper's on, you know, like Kuiper's on the yeah. TV. We got like the and there's and there's a fraternity party and there's a keg in the front. I know. You know yeah, like, we got like the 19 inch TV. You know, like, <laughs> you know, no flat screens at that time, right? So we're watching TV and I'm like, all right, yeah, the draft is on. And he's next thing you know, I'm not kidding you, okay? He's got the setup of all setups. He's got his <laughs> draft board. He's got his list. He's ready to go. He's marking down. He's following. Draft picks are going. I'm in awe. I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, this guy gets taken. This guy. He's like, all right. He's ready now. We're 11th overall. He's ready to take his pick as the New York Jets general manager. And Oh, by the way, he was a Jets fanatic. That he's a Jets fanatic. I know that. Jets yeah. fanatic. I don't know if it was the 11th pick, but they're on the board, and it's the draft. And Warren Sapp is falling, and Kyle Brady from Penn State is available. And they just took a tight end, I believe, right? They had a tight end. Johnny Mitchell was there, of course. So, (laughs) and they go, Kyle Brady, you know, like commissioner, uh, not, was it, I think it was Tagliabue or Rosal. Tagliabue, yeah. Yeah, I forget which one was there. Kyle, and the reaction was like someone killed his dog in front of him. Okay. (laughs) He's slamming his pad. He's yelling about who is available. We have a tight end. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to be a GM in this league one day, and this is never going to happen on my watch. Wow. I go, yeah. Okay. Sure. You know, Here he is. Bro. How we- anyway, Not- getting back to yeah. the social aspect of the draft, I'm going to head over back over here. And he says, and what are you going to do? And I go, well, I'm going to be an NFL head coach one day, but this conversation's for another day. <laughs> yes. And, you know, we laugh about it all the time. Um, we played against each other in 2014 when I was the OC at Jacksonville. We played against each other when I was at Ball- Houston in 02, and he was there. Yep. I mean, it. and obviously we still spend the summer to time together. And uh, It's an amazing story, though. But that is the That's truest a- of true stories. So Howie's 20 years old, not working in football at all, and has a shirt on, like a button-down shirt, brings in a briefcase, and has all his draft lists and a highlighter. Well, there's probably a party going on in the front lawn. And we're not talking a party in some small school, a University of Florida party, and he's busy with that. I had to reevaluate my life at that moment. I had to say, (laughs) I want him to hire me if he's going to be an NFL GM. I have to come back and leave the party. I have to go into the orange juice. I can't be mixing anything at this point. I love this. I love this. It's so good. Um, all right. We'll wrap it a little bit. I, I just have a couple more quick rapid sure. fire questions. Your funniest McVeigh football obsessed story. Uh, it, Cause I think that's what it is. It's like, this guy is wired different, but there's also comedy that comes out of it. Do you have a good McVeigh story? Where you'd be like, all right, that's, that's a good one. I mean, I, I think, I think the best ones are, you know, you, you, ha- you think you have this great idea. Okay, so you run it by Zach first, right? You have a couple, like you drop this pass up and you're like, I think we're going to do this. And, then, you know, this guy's going to come wide open, right? You, and then you go into Zach Taylor's office, right? So, he, you know, he, he's checkbox A, right? Yep. All right, Zach, you like this? Oh, yeah, that's a good one right there. Okay, good. Checkbox C, go to Shane Waldron's office. All right, Shane, before I go into the big cheese, I need your yep. sign off. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, sign off on that. Walk into the office. You draw it up, 
Okay, Z is going to run an in cut, X is going to run a post, F is going to run a shallow, whatever it might be. And Sean's like, yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, just if, if we had Z run an out cut, X run a corner. <laughs> totally yeah, changes totally. it. He's like, I see that, though. Do you, you see that? You, do you like that one a little bit better? Just a little bit? I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Definitely was better. Thinking. Yeah. I walk into yep. how's that you know, then you get Shane and Zach just waiting for you because they know, right, this is yeah. the routine. And he's like, how do you think they might go? Yeah, we're we're good. We're good. <laughs> we're going, pretty well. How many changes the routes? Is it well, you know, four of the five eligibles are running different <laughs> routes than we walked in with. And they go, oh, that's a win. That's a win. That's that's a you got one. Win. You got one. Oh, that's good. Guys, it's the best. And it makes you feel so good. You leave the office saying, I That's think a win. exactly what I think I wanted. Yeah. I just needed him to bring me to it. Yeah. Um, here's another one. Cooper Cup walks out there as a third-round pick. Did you know right away that this guy, like when you got your first eyes on him, this guy was super special? Or was that one where it's not it's not a natural? It's uh, That guy works for every single play. You know, the bias was this. I got there after year one. So he was yeah. there for a year. So you get the McVeigh sales pitch immediately before you get on the practice field about how great Cooper, he goes, wait, Jed, wait till you see this guy we got. Wait till you see this Cooper Cup. Wait till you see. And then when you get out there, you're like, wow, he is. he's everything Sean just said he was. He's unbelievable. But he's unbelievable because of how hard he works, how smart he is. Whatever deficiency he may have had, he overcomes at 10x. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. His run after catch is incredible. So, you know, hats off to them taking him the third round. But uh, I don't know, questionable decisions by the 106 people that yeah. didn't or whatever it was, because yeah. this guy's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I actually showed before the Super Bowl against the Bengals, I got footage from the Rams guys. I have footage of his pro day workout, and of all people, Zach Taylor's the quarterback throwing him oh, routes. Yeah. And then it was Taylor coaching the against him. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I love that. Um, Belichick, outside of the work, area. I hear from all these coaches being like, you would like Bill. Bill's great. He's funny. It's not in my 20 years covering the sport. I have not had that interaction with him. Like he's been pleasant to me in meetings, but like, I've not seen like funny Bill or cool Bill, but to a man, everyone says Belichick is just a great hang and an awesome awesome big brother or father figure. Uh, Your experience with Belichick off the coaching stuff, off the field. You know, um, Amber and I spend, spend at least a week every summer in Nantucket and um, get to spend so much time with him when we're there. And uh, I'll just say, I mean, he is everything to me in terms of like, you know, my dad passed away when I was 30 and, um, you know, he'd be about the same age, you know, pretty close to Bill. Maybe he'd be a little older, but um, the calmness that Bill has is very similar to what my dad had, the intelligence, the way to speak to him. But on the same token, I mean, you take him off the field and you're able to talk stories and you're able to, I mean, he's funny as can be, man. He's funny not knowing he's funny sometimes, but um, Amber loves him. We, he's just a fantastic person. But what makes him so special is how much he cares about people. And I don't think everyone realizes that, but he is, uh, he cares and it matters to him. And he's fun. as Like I've been to music concerts with him. I've been to. I almost went to that Swift concert with him. Did you? Uh, uh, I missed it by like four hours. I was flying in and I just saw all over whatever uh, his last radio show talking about Taylor Swift. But he's, uh, he's awesome, man. 
He's fun. He's cool. And um, he wants to teach. He's a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in closing, your first game this season, who do you guys have? When is it? And where can we find these Arizona Wildcats? Yeah, we got. Uh, we open up next Saturday night against NAU okay. uh, at our place. Okay, Northern Arizona. Northern got Arizona. Okay. Uh, Pac-12 network there, uh, 7 p.m. kick. And then we go to Mississippi State. Really? SEC that's an network. interesting one. Week two. Okay, that's an interesting game. How does that come about? I know the late Mike Leach was the coach. Yeah, um, I don't know. These things get like, you know, they get scheduled so far in advance. Um, yeah. But uh, we played them last year. We were, you know, we lost by a couple scores, didn't play very well uh, the second game of the year. And um, we got them this year. We got we to play better than we did. Um, so, but that's a big game for us. You know, go to the SEC, see how well we can that's do. Huge. And then, you know, UTEP and Stanford. And then uh, we got Washington and USC back to back. Damn. So where where's the USC game this year? USC. It's on ESPN. Bro, I'm gonna go. I'm going to that game. It's yeah. It's Saturday. I'll I, be there. The, I'll the, be there. I think the Rams have a home game the next day. They do have a okay. home game the next day, and um, we play there Saturday, October seventh, uh, on ESPN. And uh, we got to play some really good football because uh, last year they beat us by eight, forty-five, thirty-seven. Uh, the two quarterbacks, nine touchdowns combined. <laughs> so I hope it's a, I hope it's a game where we all play our best. Dude, I appreciate you taking the time. You guys have a football game next week, and you're sitting here for an hour relishing me with Pete Carroll stories. Um, the listeners are going to love this. Jed, I could have done this for two hours. This is what it's like when we hang and uh, can't thank you enough, dude. Good luck this season, and good luck, and bear down. How'd that sound? I love it, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me on, buddy. You're the best. I'm going to start rocking some Arizona football gear, I think, Jed. I hope that's okay. I love it. Jed Fish, I mean, maybe my favorite guest on this podcast. And I here's what I want to say, Aaron, because I think the listeners might have clicked on this being like, oh, Arizona coach, I guess I know that guy. I knew there was NFL gold in there, but I didn't realize he'd be able to storytell like he did and gosh i could sit at the hip of jed fish and listen to stories for the next two hours yeah and he hit so many like every time i was like wow that's an impressive coach that he worked with and i was like oh wow and mcveigh okay but i mean he never worked for bell oh no he worked for Belichick too <laughs> like it just kept going he was great yeah it's cool i'm excited i think i'm gonna root for arizona this year i don't have a team i went to emory division three school you went to a smaller school as well right no football or- uh, uh, we had a football team i went to uh one football game i went to i think our first homecoming what was the school called that you went to carlton college and that's in minnesota, minnesota? yeah and they have division three football what is it uh, I don't even know what division we are. The only time we really made the news for football was like that we had a game. This is not why I was there. And it got called off because the score was so high. Like ESPN was reporting. I think it was, over, it was triple digits. And it was a loss? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. It was a loss. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So like... Yeah, I I don't have a time. I mean, my wife went to Michigan, so I'm always pulling for the for blue, and I go for that. But like, I don't know. I work at Fox, and a lot of those guys are USC guys, and so I'm like, all right, let's see them happy. But we've got two Arizona guys. I don't know if you know Jason Kleinman, who works on the LA desk and does all the great digital stuff for us, and Matt Schneider, who also works with the NFL Media Group. Both hit me up before we had Jet on, or like bear down. So. I think I'm putting my weight behind Jaden Delora and the Arizona Wildcats this year. I was excited to hear him talk about Delora. I've never, I do not follow college football and I am excited to see this kid now. I mean, that was, he was all in on. on Very, very high praise for Jaden Delora. Should we get Jaden Delora jerseys? 
Uh, yeah. It could I, be a real moment that. in time if they lose to UTEP. Uh, <laughs> or like, they went to Northern Arizona in seven days and they lose by 30. Um, that was fun. I, 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 was I insulting when I said the Forrest Gump? Is that like a – I know Forrest Gump isn't exactly the greatest praise, but the, I meant the way his life just intersects all these coaches. Oh, no. I think that was good. I've, I also – I feel like Forrest Gump um, is more endearing – Okay. Maybe now than than I would have like okay. ten years ago. I don't know. I'm not entirely the, the sure. The Forrest Gump thing. I feel like he's like he almost stepped in. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Like Forrest Gump <laughs> didn't earn any of that. He kind of just was like there, and it's like here's the stories. Um, Jed's earned everything. So Jed Fish, Arizona football. Who knew? I'm all in. I got two teams this year. I'm rooting for Nebraska because of Matt Rule. Because he came on the show and was yeah. awesome. He was throwing flames. We love that. <laughs> and Jed Fish for Arizona. Um, if they happen to play in the college football playoffs, I will be torn, but we'll be going. I'll buy a ticket for you and me, and we'll go. Jason, nice. we'll go. We'll be all right. Uh, on behalf of Jason English, who's in here and always so quiet, but such a great man and so supportive, um, from iHeart and you, Aaron, and the aforementioned Jason Kleinman and Matt Schneider and Meredith Batten and the crew in L.A., uh, and all of you who listen – Thank you. If you bump into Ed Sheeran, don't say that he's on. I don't know if he knows my name. I don't want to be embarrassed and be like, who? Just just give him a nod. He's pretty friendly. Uh, and if this was a free commercial for Lucali, that's okay because you're not getting a table anyway. It's impossible. You got to go like three o'clock. So if you're in Brooklyn, give it a shot. Um, this was the season with Peter Schrager. Plenty more stuff happening. I see the Giants just traded for Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, seventh round pick, I think. Okay. That, 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 they only thought Trey Lance was a miss. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Simmons was a top 10 pick. Uh, I knew the Cardinals were tra- were calling around a little bit and seeing who was interested. So that one as we go. But there's preseason football this weekend. And then uh, the real thing is coming. So thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Let's please make this the most popular football podcast in the world. Thanks, guys. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.